0: Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching and today we're going to cover whether or not emotional vomit, blowing up, getting your emotions out actually helps your child. Okay, so when parenting a highly sensitive child and your child is sharing with you all of what bothers them and they're doing that while they're screaming or hitting or kicking and and throwing things. Uh, Many parents can wonder whether or not this behavior is actually releasing or relieving for the child. We're going to break that down today.
1: Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're
0: in the right place. So here at MTC, we help parents of sensitive kids and teens break out of the meltdown, shutdown, isolation cycle in as little as eight weeks. And we've been doing this for several years now, and we've helped hundreds of families do that. So when we think about being able to break out of this pattern, one thing that I've learned over the years of being a, a mental health professional and a parent consultant, coach, what, we've, what I've noticed is that there's a trend in, in society that venting is a way for emotional release. And uh, this is really important for us to cover today because it's a common myth that we need to, to break down and understand in order to have a clear picture of what types of behaviors your child is exhibiting when they're sharing about their emotions or when they're talking about their emotions, that is developmentally appropriate, that is actually helpful, and what behaviors are uh, really ineffective. And so when we think about um, breaking out of this cycle, your child might be having daily or multiple times a day meltdowns, as many of the parents who come to us are struggling with, or your child could be shutting down multiple times a day and, and um, this is, I say the word child, this is rela- related to teenagers as well. We work with parents and high schoolers together as well. And so when we think about the, the challenges that you could be having, I want to speak about how the mental health industry actually perpetuates this misperception, uh, this myth that just venting and letting your emotions out is uh, an effective way to fix the problem and is actually appropriate. Because when we think about an overwhelmed child and the challenge that we can have, one, one thing that I think is really important is we were speaking to parents the other day. Uh, these are parents of a nine-year-old who had been working with a professional, a mental health professional. Um, and, and they had brought their son after, month, after years of trying to solve it on their own, reading all kinds of books, following um, you know, experts in emotional development like Daniel Siegel, um, uh, reading Alain Ar- Aaron's books. Um, covering uh, Ross Greene's complicated system, etc., cetera. And parents trying you know, to, to implement all of these things from, from these books in, in the field. And then eventually did what any invested parent in, in trying to turn this around uh, would do, is that they sought professional support. Because at this point, their nine-year-old was threatening their brother, um, their, their other son, threatening his brother, um, saying things like, I hate you, you should die. Um, and, and then also, uh, throwing things right consistently. So they sought professional support and they sought it in the the form of an individual therapist for their, um, for their, for their kiddo. And what was heartbreaking for me as we, you know, heard this parent's story is that, um, this family had received feedback and this is not just a one-off, you know, like I said, we've, we've helped hundreds of families out of this, um, out of this challenge, out of this meltdown cycle. And I'm sharing with you the, the one story that is perpetual across the world, uh, around the world, because we don't just work with U.S. clients. But um, this, this family had worked with this professional who had said to, you know, to mom and dad uh, when they had shared his emotional experience, you know, our son is having meltdowns. We don't know how to help him. He's struggling. He's, um, he, you know, he's, he's um, getting aggressive at home, etc. And the therapist, when meeting with the child, was having conversations around what he could do better differently and um, talking to him about what his biggest challenges were. And what I think is incredibly important and a common problem parents of sensitive kids deal with is that often a a therapist will miss the mark in terms of how to even assess the problem, how to even look at the, the, the major issue that's going on. In, um, in the emotional development of a child, let alone a highly sensitive child. And so how does this happen, right? Um, this this professional was telling the parents that the child's behavior was developmentally appropriate, that he was a typical kiddo and um, displaying typical childlike behavior. And why, how, <laughs> right? Um, what happened? Okay. And, and, and so what's important to understand is that this the, these parents had gone to Um, a a professional that said that they, they worked with children and uh, parents were not clear on how many years of experience the uh, provider had um, until they started working with them. And at this point they, they discovered that the provider was a provisionally licensed provider. So not very experienced one, two years max out of um, grad school. And that in and of itself lends you to Um, noticing that this person is still learning how to be a therapist, let alone um, building a specialty, okay? So in the therapy world, and and I've been doing that for over a decade, um, it it takes you a year to even learn how to understand, um, how to be a therapist, let alone be a good therapist. That takes several years. So right away, parents are stuck trusting a professional with a master's degree who doesn't yet have the experience and uh, following the, the advice of somebody who's saying that they are, they're their specialist um, in working directly with children and, and yet receiving advice that is actually um, counterproductive to breaking out of the cycle. So these parents were dealing with daily, multiple times a day meltdowns with their nine-year-old um, for years, uh, trying to solve this problem. And then on top of it, trying to solve it with a professional and that perpetuated beyond the, the first couple of years. So this is a kiddo who since you know, six, seven years old had been having daily meltdowns. Now, one thing that is really incredibly important when we think about um, you know, seeking support and finding an appropriate provider um, is not only understanding how the provider gets their specialty, but also in, in, in getting pretty clear on how the provider assesses the, the needs of your child. This provider had no idea that the child's uh, emotional intensity um, in the form of meltdowns was lasting about 45 minutes on average every single day. And so when parents come to, the, to, to an appointment like this, um, if you're not working with a specialist, you don't know what to, um, what to ask and as a parent. Um, and that, there's no fault of your own for that. You know, obviously, if, if, if you've never dealt with this issue, you might have multiple children, but only one highly sensitive children child, or you might have multiple highly sensitive kids and only one that is explosive or seriously implosive. Either way, what's important when you hire a, a professional is to understand uh, that not all professionals are, um, you know, are experienced in solving the problem. And so w- this professional had not asked how long um, the meltdowns were lasting, how frequently the meltdowns were, asked, uh, were, were lasting, um, you know, how frequently they were occurring and um, how intense that they were happening. And so, um, you know, I would, I would venture to guess that it had the, the professional professional heard from the parents, these specific details, they would have had a different answer, one would assume. And it's also true that there are multiple factors included in in being a brand new therapist, being a brand new um, uh, mental health provider, in in just literally understanding what's developmentally appropriate for a child to begin with, um, on top of understanding uh, what's developmentally appropriate for a highly sensitive child, which is an extra level of specialty. And so when we think about understanding the, the meltdown cycle, it's incredibly important for you to stay tuned with people who know what they're talking about. And this is there's the difference between understanding the personality trait and understanding the personality trait stuck in a meltdown cycle is stark um, and, and incredibly um, uh, different for you to, you know, to, to be paying attention to, not all highly sensitive kids get stuck in a daily meltdown cycle. Um, not all highly sensitive kids get stuck in a multiple times a day cycle or a uh, multiple times a week meltdown cycle So or shutdown cycle. This is, you know, extreme implosion out um, or, or explosion in behavior. So when you're following the directives of a provider, um, you need to be staying tuned to people who, who are clear and have had experience in that avenue. So that you are linking yourself up with somebody who knows how to help you get out of it, rather than someone who has just heard of the personality trait. Because the internet is a thing, <laughs> you might have just heard of the personality trait last week, and you'd say, "Yeah, I've heard of it." Um, a professional can do the exact same thing. They could have, you know, watched um, a blog, uh, a vlog video, or, or um, read read a, a Psych Today um, article on, uh, on high, uh, the highly sensitive trait and said, yeah, I've heard of it. I can, I can, I can pick, um, pick out a highly sensitive kid for you. That doesn't mean that they know how to break out of the cycle. So that's really important for you to have clarity on. Now, obviously the family that I'm sharing with, they, they their therapist didn't even understand the personality trait, um, didn't identify the child as highly sensitive. And so was missing the mark on developmental appropriateness of behavior in terms of children in general, On top of that, missing the fact that the child fit a temperament type that is uh, a minority, 20% of the population. So clearly we have a situation where parents are stuck, aggravated, frustrated, and um, trusting a professional to tell them uh, their kid's behavior is normal. Um, That's what the parent, that's what the therapist was saying. This is developmentally appropriate, normal to be expected by average children. Um, and, And so what I mean by that is that the when the parents had said that the child was having meltdowns, um, the the therapist didn't have all of the information, didn't know what questions to ask and therefore wrote the behavior off as less severe than it is. And this is really, really, um, uh, you know, devastating to hear as a parent, when once you finally notice, um, that you've been trusting professionals that, um, that have let you down, you know, that it makes it incredibly difficult to be, um, more trusting of different professionals when when you've been let down by a professional before, and and so I want to make sure that um, that you have the clarity as a parent to understand what is developmentally appropriate for children, because the the goalpost for you needs to be in, in the right spot in order for you to hit it, um, <clears throat> and so when we think about the challenge that that this family was having and and that um, that many parents stuck in the meltdown cycle have. It's met by a number of factors. One, working with an unskilled and and new professional um, when this is a very specific and narrow problem. Um, Two, is working with somebody who had no idea of the personality trait to begin with. And then three, um, somebody who believed that venting is actually an effective way to manage emotion. And that's the main topic of of what we're going to cover today as well because. Um, this is something that has been riddled in general run-of-the-mill therapy um mental health industry um, as well. Unskilled professionals will allow, if you will, I'm gonna use that word, um, allow therapy clients to just dump their emotions, share all of what has been bothering them um, for the entire hour um, in the session, and then call that work, call that effective work um, on emotional management. And um, venting does not help, venting does not teach, venting does not solve the problem. And so when we think about how humans in general try to build emotional connection, what's important for you as a parent to notice is when your child is blowing up, what they're doing is they're sharing with you a very clear symptom of a lack of skill. They are not emotionally in control when they are throwing all of their worries and fears and frustrations on you. And when they're doing that, they're also telling you um, that they don't know what's relevant. They're telling you they don't they don't know how to categorize or sort any of that emotional experience. So instead, they're just holding it all in a a container and then pouring it on to somebody else, AKA mama or dada, um, and or parent and being able to do that in a way that um, feels um, skillful is incredibly difficult for a child to begin with because children don't learn through talking. Um, but it's also important to understand that in, in processing the experience that your child is having um, when they're literally pouring out um, their emotions, I want you to think about how hard it is to find things when you're holding you know, um, your, your kid's toys in a giant container um, and they're all just sitting there, right? Think about like the baskets that you use to keep all those toys together and every month or so you're sorting them into little smaller containers or into their respective containers, um, when your child is dumping them out when they're, when they're disorganized and they splay out on the floor, it is a giant mess, right? Um, and it's difficult to find the one little Barbie or Lego that you're looking for. Um, and it's also true that if your plan is to, um, is to keep it in that giant tub, the only way to find what you're looking for is to dump it out every time right? This is why we see um, young children dump out their toys because they have to be able to see it all. Um, But that is not effective organization, right? Just like it's not effective um, toy organization, it's also not effective emotional organization. And so when we think about emotion regulation, children need to be able to share an emotional experience in the context of that one emotional experience without adding pieces and what ifs and, you know, worst case scenarios to the story so that they can have a clear and collective conversation um, that needs to be playful and focused uh, with an adult to support them in building a skill and in, in, you know, processing that skill consistently through play. And um, that needs to be a pretty narrowed focus. With that being said, you can't do that if you don't feel understood by your parents or if your parents, as a highly sensitive child, um, or if your parents um, don't know how to teach you, right? Because if you're, as a parent, just going through reactive Um, uh, response to try to help your kid build coping skills then what you're doing is actually having your kid consistently and reinforcing this consistent dumping of emotion onto you by thinking that this is their you know this is your child's opportunity to let it all out Um, it's kind of like when you eat too much at Thanksgiving and then you like unbutton your pants because you gotta let it all out right that's not healthy if you do it every time (laughs) that's how you live every single day, right? Eating till you burst and then needing to like open your pants a little bit. Um, there will be a situation where you'll end up uh, feeling unhealthy in, within a period of time if you consistently um, eat to that level of, of um, expansion. And so when we think about the um, you know multiple metaphors that I've been using here in today's conversation, one thing that is important for you as a parent to notice is that the experience from, from working with an, with an unskilled professional is, um, is that you're going to be needing to uh, justify the fact that your kid's behavior is not appropriate, which creates a situation of, of being an adversary for your child's helper. And, and so this is another reason why you need to be focusing on working with somebody who understands the meltdown cycle, um, who, who isn't just a run-of-the-mill uh, child, uh, Generalists um, as as a provider, because children can have lots of different emotional needs, um, and highly sensitive kids stuck in a special stuck in a um, a meltdown cycle is a, a specific specialty. And so, <clears throat> when you think about being able to support kids and doing and breaking out of this cycle consistently, there needs to be um, a number of different factors that the that the provider has to be focused on as well. And this first starts with you as a parent. You've heard me say multiple times in my shows here uh, and the shows that us as, as at, um, MTC team members, we speak consistently about, your relationship with your child is the change agent. And so um, even just trying to take your kid to a one-on-one session where you leave the session and, uh, and then your kid goes works with someone else is the antithesis of what helps highly sensitive kids. So you need to be able to notice how the professionals are even providing service to you uh, when you think about whether or not their service is even relevant to your family and your family's needs. Um, Otherwise, you're considering your child to be not highly sensitive and you're comparing apples to oranges and thinking that you've got the same thing here. And uh, this is really important to observe. Working directly with parents is something that we do here at MTC because it's what works. Highly sensitive kids need to learn through their parents. So we don't work directly with the children um, around the world because that's not what works in breaking out of the cycle. Uh, Working directly with parents is what works in breaking out of the cycle. So that's what we do. Um, And then once parents um, are, uh, once the kids are old enough to start to observe, they need to have some level of independence and uh, that this needs to be a two-way street. That's how we engage with our teenagers. We work directly with teens And parents when they're stuck in the the isolation cycle. And this is something that is not common in in the mental health world. So it's important to look outside of the mental health world when you start to observe um, that your child is managing big emotions ineffectively and they're stuck in a meltdown cycle. You have to look at this from a family dynamic issue. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to stay within the confines of the individual mental health framework um, to fix the problem because it doesn't actually fix the problem. Um, I can speak to that specifically because I have been an individual therapist um, for many, many years and used to solve the problem by providing individual therapy to highly sensitive kids and worked with parents who loved me. And they told me that um, at least, no, I'm kidding. They, they, they did love working with me. The child loved working with me. I loved working with them. Their child was stuck in the meltdown cycle for a heck of a lot longer than they needed to be until I changed my approach. And this is why what we do here at MTC has been going on for several years. We were able to obviously reach more people when we're working directly with parents rather than with children. And um, that allows us to, um, to shift the approach. And so when I was doing this in the therapy world uh and I shifted to working directly with parents, parents started to resp- respond in a much different way with their children at home and we saw faster results, children graduating from therapy much more effectively um and because at that point uh therapy wasn't being provided, I was providing parent coaching and um and support in parents learning how to speak to their kids. Um, so the one-to-one approach no longer was relevant um, in, in my private practice. And this is important to observe when we think about, for you as a parent, observing what is necessary um, and, and what will move the needle uh, much faster, let alone even um, uh, to begin with uh, when breaking out of the pattern of parenting sensitive kids stuck in the meltdown cycle. You need to be the one, as a parent, who is leading the show. That means that you're the one who's teaching, learning the skills, learning how to teach it to your kid, and then teaching it to your kid. Um, And and those skills include emotional management skills, they include emotion regulation skills, um, being able to handle distress or frustration or aggravation or discouragement in the moment, but also day to day um, as it piles up. Because for highly sensitive kids, they will um, stuff their feelings if they feel like they're not in uh, an environment um, that is supportive. And so it's important for your kid to learn how to uh, not stuff their feelings regardless of the environment, whether that be at home um, or at school or both. And, um, and and so you need to be the one teaching that. Why? Uh, because highly sensitive kids shift out of this experience of um, emotional stuffing and, and emotional discontrol by uh, observing that their parents are fully capable of that. And for you as a parent, if you're guessing or playing around with it, or, um, you know, trial by error, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, your child is going to feel that uncertainty from you. They're going to feel that confusion from you. And, um, that's going to lead to a lot less level of uh, trust and faith that what you're doing with them is going to actually work. So it's much more effective for you to follow a system, um, that has has helped many people break out of the pattern, um, rather than trying to just piecemeal do this. Because we've seen many parents um, work on work on this in a in a matter that that is actually much more reactive than systematic, and um, that just takes a lot longer. So when we think about supporting kids and breaking out of the pattern, and and the fact that we can help parents do this in as little as eight weeks. Um, Being able to break that cycle you know and what i mean by that is is you know we have kids coming in for with multiple times a day i'm saying you know 5 10 even 20 meltdowns a day and uh through the work with us they can have their first not only meltdown free day but also meltdown free week meltdown free couple of weeks um, with implementing what we teach in that short period of time that level of freedom is available to you when you follow a system that works effectively and so whether that system's ours, we would talk about that in, in, in a little bit because not everybody is a, is a good fit for what we do uh, for a multitude of reasons. But uh, what I know for sure is that the families who, who are able to, to be a fit for what we do um, make you know, make rapid progress. Um, and so when we think about understanding what's appropriate and understanding what's clear, uh, part of your certainty, your faith, that your kid can follow directions in an effective way and learn skills, even if you've tried to teach them skills in the past, um, it has to be built upon understanding the, the, the child brain and the adolescent brain. And uh, most professionals are not going to start um, their work with you by helping you see what's developmentally inappropriate versus what's developmentally appropriate. And I say that because many parents um, are, are, have consulted with, with professionals before who are not clear on what is appropriate for highly sensitive kids. And so when we see kids with meltdowns, oftentimes parents are going to a professional who perhaps has a specialty in trauma, for example. Um, and uh, this is something that I have, you know, I have close colleagues with a lot of tra- experience in treating trauma. I used to treat trauma in my private practice. Um, and then also in, in the practices that I worked at before my initial career, um, <clears throat> I worked with significantly traumatized clients and um, these are kids who uh, grew up in in either significantly um, abusive homes, or they were refugees, uh, um, <clears throat> and so uh, we, we you know we, we ran the gamut in terms of what kind of traumatic experiences. Um, but cro- chronic trauma was uh, the, the familial experience that many of my clients had, and so upon building a specialty in that, I became desensitized, if you will, to. Um, to the experience of a child who had been melting down regularly because this is just a symptom of trauma and um and and since the family had been dealing with this behavior and this intensity for so long um it was it was to be expected that the family could handle that for for a long while because when you're thinking about this the the family dynamic the family has had been through A multitude of traumatic experiences in their lives. So a a nine-year-old yelling at home or throwing things at home or kicking at home um, or saying I hate you or I wish you were dead at home um, wasn't the worst that they had experienced. So in fact many traumatized children um, and and their parents who were also traumatized you know based on their experiences were desensitized to this level of intensity of aggression and, and strife in the home. And so the ability to tolerate that level of behavior, um, for better or worse, um, was, um, you know, was much bigger because it wasn't the worst that they'd ever seen. You know, these parents who grew up in an abusive home and then decided to have children and then were not, um, did not want to perpetuate, um, abuse in their home. Um, yet uh, some other circumstance led to the family continuing to experience trauma, unfortunately. And, and, and so here, you know, the child was struggling and exhibiting symptoms of trauma through their behavior. Um, And so when we think about um, that level of pervasive intensity that the family had been experiencing for generations, uh, the therapist is expected, an expert therapist in in treating this issue, um, is expected to have a long-term pacing awareness of how long it takes to turn this around. Um, And and so the the therapist is expecting a, a family to break out of this pattern within a year, maybe even two years um, of this level of intense behavior. Now, highly sensitive kids stuck in the meltdown cycle, those of you who are listening to, to our show here, um, your children are much less likely to have experienced an ex- extreme level of trauma um, just by nature of, of having experienced life and finding us related to this issue. So. The majority of the, our audience here at MTC and, and our clients here have not experienced chronic trauma. Um, and that is not the cause of the child's meltdowns. And yet, when a parent of a sensitive kid stuck in the meltdown cycle goes to find a therapist, a therapist who is capable of managing um, a, a child's client with and effectively treating a, a, a child client with, with mental health needs that adds to the behaviors that we're discussing here, That is experiencing that the child's experiencing in the meltdown cycle um, is going to be desensitized to the the child who is traumatized and that means that the therapist's perspective of how long it's going to take to turn this around is impacted by their experience of what a traumatized child experiences and so what happens is you have a professional who's telling you this is going to take two years to turn around, um, one year to turn around And, and um, and and so they're looking for other reasons why the child's big intense behaviors are there, aside from a mismatched parenting dynamic. And so what happens is they end up because if they don't understand the personality trait, they end up thinking that there's some extra issue going on in the parenting relationship, um, that or in the child's relationship or in the child's experience um, that actually isn't there the majority of the time. Now it, it is. Um, a, a, trauma, a trauma therapist experience um, is going to be skewed. You know, as a trauma therapist, when I was working with this population, um, everybody on my caseload was traumatized, had experienced significant levels of trauma. So I was looking for trauma okay, um, to try to solve the problem. And, 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 and so hunting for this Um, And then also uh, being desensitized. And when when, um, I started seeing parents of sensitive kids uh, bring their kids to me in therapy, um, I was desensitized to how big this behavior is and how long it's going to take to turn it around. And that was a huge flaw in the work that I was doing on a one-on-one basis for years, unfortunately, um, in, in my approach, because I had expected it to take a very long time for parents to break out of this pattern, because that's what the industry will tell you. Um, and that's what the industry in working with specialists, uh, with children who, who have big explosive behaviors will tell you. But what's missing is the environmental factor or non-factor um, that is adding to that, okay? So when we think about trauma, abuse, neglect, um, massive um, loss, grief, um, complicated grief uh, issues to include you know, loss of multiple family members, um, alcoholism in the household, um, and uh, or you know other substance abuse or dependence. Um, obviously, a child will be suffering for a while if they are experiencing that big those big experiences um, in their lives. Okay, and if you are parenting a sensitive kid and you are trying the best you can and you are using traditional parenting um, to include rewards, sticker charts, um, time outs, um, time ins. Um, you know, ostracizing your kid for for having this big emotion, removing them from the situation with with no strategy to help them learn how to change their behavior um, outside of those big moments, then your child is living in a perpetually traumatized state without any massive catalyst aside from, like I just said, a mismatch in parenting. And so what happens is that the professional is expecting your kid to show up like a general run of the mill mental health client. um, When in reality, this is a temperament issue. It's a personality issue. It is not a mental illness issue. And when that happens, you as a parent start to ostracize your kid and scapegoat your kid. And that creates even more of a bigger problem in that situation because it is not your kid's needs. That need to be fixed in the way that that the general mental health industry will try to fix them. It's the entire family's dynamic: how you, your spouse or co-parent, are parenting, how your kids, um, your other kids, if they're not highly sensitive, are reacting or, or interacting with your child, and how your child is trying to get their needs met ineffectively. All of those things together uh, need to be effecti- effectively addressed all at once, all at once. Uh, This cannot be a piecemeal piece, uh, part where you, you know, you go try to manage your own emotional state, try to talk to a therapist and and vent or um, try to learn how to how to take a chill pill um, and meditate. And then separately, um, another provider is working with with your child, Um, that is not going to work, it doesn't set your child up for success by noticing that they are not the problem, the dynamic, the family system is the, the issue that needs to be addressed here. Um, and that's really, really important for you to have clarity on. So we've talked about what works, right? We've talked about you shifting out of this pattern, how to break out of it consistently. We've talked about you being able to um, do this without having to raise your voice, without having to go stricter with your kids, um, without having to you know, run your ship like a, like a um, uh, you know, run the house like a, like a well-oiled machine. Um, none of that actually works when you think about expecting your kid to respond in lock, lockstep um, when they have an issue managing their moods, right? Um, because then then your schedule can become mood dependent um, for your child to follow through. All right, so that needs to be flexibility and routine while also having consistency in that routine, and that is difficult to discern. What you know without a bunch of trial and error. So. Uh, and then lastly, you need to be able to teach your child in a playful way. You have to teach your child how to communicate effectively and playfully at the same time. And um, that it requires skill. Uh, it requires skill that can be taught to you by somebody who has been there before. We have helped so many people break out of this pattern. Um, and it, it took me a lot of years to, to figure out what works. Um, and, and, and now it doesn't take that long for parents who, who decide to follow a system that, that actually breaks out of the pattern. Um, anything other than that is, is piecemeal. You're trying to break down one part of the system while the rest of the system is moving on that same trajectory that, that, um, that you have. And that in and of itself is going to create a lot of um, stagnation in your family's dynamic. Everyone in the family needs to be able to prioritize the meltdown cycle um, and break it down effectively rather than thinking that it's just your child's problem or just your problem as a parent. Um, and, and that means that you need to look at seeking support that's going to look at changing the entire family unit. Um, <clears throat> that's however many people you have in your family. Um, and that's important to, to start to observe that perspective. And sharing where you were stuck last week and what your biggest issue is this week is not going to solve the problem. You need to be looking at a bigger issue. How frequently are the meltdowns happening on a daily, weekly basis? What's the major behavior? How how often that major behavior is happening? And then consistently learning skills that move all avenues of the contributing factors to this, um, rather than just looking at it from week to week. My kid had a hard time going to soccer practice. How do I help my kid go to soccer practice next week? That's not going to stop the the meltdown cycle. What's going to support you in doing that is knowing how to implement strategies, like I mentioned before, to help your child calm down in a way that uh, that is effective in every avenue, not just at soccer practice. Um, And and this is something that you need to build by understanding principled uh, experiences of the highly sensitive child's mind and understanding the emotional experience of the highly sensitive child and that's their heart and that's their soul. Um, And and for you to be able to hear that from your kid, um, your child needs to share their worries or frustrations with you um, without an emotional explosion because that's when you're going to get clarity on what's really going on. That's when you're going to get emotional control from your child to feel capable of seeking help because it's extremely scary to share when angry and frustrated. And, um, and, and like I mentioned before, um, basically excuse me, emotionally vomit onto a parent and then ask that parent to like pick through um, what's really going on. And I know that visual isn't great, so I'll stop using it. Um, but the dumping experience is, is, a, is an emotional flooding experience your child is having. So it's not effective um, and it will continue without breaking it out at the root. Okay, so how do we break out of this pattern? If you're ready to learn all of those strategies consistently, if you're ready to break out of this pattern from a much more effective way than, by, um, than, than just by reactivity, then you could be a fit for what we do. And here's how we figure out how that works, right? Uh, parenting a sensitive kid requires parents uh, who take, you know, clear, take clear action on, on what it means to, to break out of the pattern um, and to do this safely. You need to be able to speak to a professional and we're happy to have that conversation with you to decide whether or not um, our work is going to be an appropriate fit for you. And if it is, we tell you exactly how to, how to um, take the next steps with our team um, immediately on that same phone call. And if it's not, if it's not the same fit, uh, not the right fit or something more appropriate or efficient is going to be uh, the best avenue for your family, then we, we've we seen it. We, we know what, what's out there. We know what evidence-based treatments out there to help families who who don't fit the criteria for, for what we do. And we share that all the time um, to the families who speak with us on the phone. And we're happy to do that because it's incredibly important that every family that we work with gets the results that we provide uh, and that we hope for for you, uh, which means that we're, we're not uh, working with families who aren't a good fit. Um, so we have to have that conversation to, um, to ensure that that's relevant. All right. We'll be able to support you in, in figuring out what your very next steps are, how you get started with us right away, or, or take other action and, and understand clearly how to vet um, a different professional uh, that would be more appropriate for your family's needs. All right. And again, like I said, it's an honor to be able to do that. So we look forward to having that, that conversation with you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining
1: me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com/backslash/call. And book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.